This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. But it's absolutely wonderful to have Lewis Brackpool with us this evening. Lewis, thank you so much. No, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. It's good to meet you as well um, a couple of weekends ago. Uh, obviously, I met Peter for the first time whilst we were at it's Comcast, it was called. Um, so it was great to have a chat and just have a few exchanges about you know what's going on in the world at the minute and just various other topics. So yeah, absolute pleasure to be on. It's great to have you. And of course, for our audience, Lewis of Rebel News fame, uh, but now with Iconic, and that's why underneath you've got at Lewis underscore Brackpool. You can follow him on Getter and Twitter. And of course, at Iconic. Do you want to, Lewis, just give us a, um, a a sales point for Iconic? Tell the viewers and listeners kind of what they will get, the stuff you do with Iconic before we jump into the news stories. Absolutely. So I joined Iconic um, in January. Um Got a message from um, the CEO, Jamie, um, offering me a position. Um, and they are one of the biggest believers in this country, especially yourselves as well. Uh, a bit like massive believers in freedom of speech, expression. And um, one of the, the very few media outlets uh, and news sites in the, uh, in the UK that really fundamentally believe uh, in, in the expression. And actually having people from both sides come together and try to uh, try to have a chat. And um, it was an absolute pleasure to, to have them contact and, and want me to work for them. Uh, and so I'll be doing a lot of reporting, a lot of journalism, a lot of in the news right now stuff. So uh, for example, I've been writing a lot of articles for them. I'll be doing out of field stuff. So either protests, very similar to what I was doing uh, in Rebel. But also they have a, a very smart production with their studio and uh, they love getting guests on and, and having lots of uh, discussions and chats about what's going on, the absolute madness that's happening in the world right now. So, um, yeah, that, that's what you're going to be seeing from me in terms of content. So a lot of journalism uh, and I can't wait for, for things to really, really kick off. So I think I've only been there for three and a half weeks now. So we're we're just getting the ball rolling properly. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I've moved to Derby as well uh, to to proper get stuck in. So it's it's been it's been an absolute pleasure so far. Well, it was uh, good in that Comcast weekend, getting to meet you, getting to meet Gareth, getting to see the whole team actually. And uh, you guys were involved, obviously, in recording, filming. Mm the event and great to see that size of team and also the professionalism which we we need massively on our side um, <laughs> but let's jump in anyway to our many stories this is the first one we had on our list and this is the balloon u.s <laughs> secretary of state postpones china visit after a spy balloon flies over montana didn't know if there's anything in montana to watch but anyway <laughs> uh, anthony blinken delays trip as china claims balloon was for meteorological purposes i was blown off course tell us your thoughts on the <laughs> balloon story which seems to be the story of the week yeah. Um, so when it initially that it broke that there was uh, this spy balloon flying over America, I wasn't sure what to make of it because at first I was wondering how the hell do they know that it was it's 
from China was the first question. Um, but apparently sources are saying that they are actually admitting it was theirs. I'm, I'm not 100% sure if that's completely correct, but um, I'm still yet to properly dig on how uh, they figured out that it was from China. But um, well, Look, I assume it had a big made in China stamp <laughs> on the bottom. I, if you look closely, I can see it. Well, there you go. So, so I was initially I was wondering how how do they know that it's uh, it's from China to start with, and also when you see a big national story like this, it sort of makes sense to try and get everyone sort of distracted from what's going on behind the scenes. So that was my initial thought. I was going right. Well, it clearly is some form of distraction. Look over there. There's a massive balloon in the sky. Everyone have a look. Glue to yourselves to you know, your social media. Um, and th- apparently there's a second one. I, yeah, I, I keep yeah. seeing online there's a second one. So, and I, I actually re-watched um, a load of clips of people talking about this uh, this incident and um, people like the, f- the famous Alex Jones as well was talking about this all over Twitter and um, explaining that he had, that they have thousands of these. And uh, this isn't the only sighting. They've, they've cited it in places like Japan as well and, uh, and lots of different places. So I don't know what to believe with this. Um, personally, I see it as just a big distraction in a way to sort of keep your, keep your mind focused on elsewhere. You have things coming out about Hunter Biden. You've got loads and loads of different stories happening all at once. And uh, what way to sort of uh, gravitate your attention to a to a balloon in the sky so you know that was my initial thoughts i don't know about you peter it it sounds like a simpsons homer simpson thing <laughs> he's going something oh do yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's literally that it literally for me that's literally how it seems so yeah i don't know big distraction in, in my personal opinion so welcome back there i think today they had filmed there were uh different fighter jets flying close by it i think monitoring it um but it's it's i i i did think china did have satellites and all those things up in the sky to watch but hey maybe they do need to send a big balloon over to spy uh but it's a, a weird story it really is yeah weird. it is bizarre absolutely bizarre let's go on a completely different story and this is one of your articles on iconic and this is the story breaking depraved pedophile and former pop star gary glitter is released from jail after only serving half of a 16 year sentence Uh, i think that as you ended only certain half that's what really uh blew me away but this guy is free and um raping children eight years away yeah yeah absolutely and uh it's it's unbelievable you have it just shows that there needs massive reform doesn't it for the for the justice system and i know a lot of people have been hammering that for years but this is more proof um way 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 more proof that someone as sick and depraved as gary glitter uh, is just be is able to just walk free I, i don't know how long that's that's going to last but who knows? It's it's unbelievable um, to see that it's, yeah, half of his 16-year sentence. And 16 years, to me, for a crime like that isn't long at all, um, in, in my view. And to see him just, yeah, just be able to walk out and, yeah, eight years, it's just not enough. It's just not enough for a crime like that. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I was just, I saw the news pop out from a, from the BBC. They, they were all the first to jump on that and, yeah. uh, and break the news. And I, I was reading it thinking, my gosh, like really? I, at first I didn't realize it was, realize it was only 16 years he, he had gotten for his crimes. So that was the initial shock. But then to only see that he served half was, was even more of a mind blow, um, for me. And yeah, unbelievable. It, it- it, it kind of fits with the whole grooming gang issue because once again, and <clears throat> I've followed quite a number of the, the court cases, uh, one of them, the Rochdale Nine, uh, nine men sentenced, and they served, one of them ser- had a 22-year sentence, but eight of them out of the nine got between, I think, five and eight years or five and nine years. So they basically get out after good behavior after from two and a half years um mm. and it's we seem to have a, a massive problem but yet the, the flip side is i think when you look at the low um the low cases of rip actually going in conviction rates uh mm. it's at one and a half percent or something but i you kind of look at it you look at our politicians and they don't do anything but then rape is often against a female victim and mm. i am surprised that maybe i'm grouping groups together unfairly but i'm surprised that every female has not come together as mps and say this must change we need to do something because it's talking and no action yeah absolutely i completely agree and a comment that i saw when i posted the story is uh, someone said, and then you have someone like Julian Assange uh, just completely rotting away, and you kind of think, yeah, there there needs to, there needs to be some sort of reform here. It's just it's they're they're being way too relaxed on crimes like these, and it sort of strikes me as why why is why is this allowed to happen? Why is this continuing to happen? Uh, because this isn't new. This is so this has been going around for decades now, and. It's just, it's just awful. It's just absolutely awful. I don't, I don't think there's, yeah, there's much else to really say about that in my view. You know, um, and I think it was um, many people, the BBC called the PPC, the mm. Pedophile Protection Corporation, which yes. maybe uh, does fit in. But let's go on. This will be a, a story that uh, parents are thinking of. This is uh, the second story that we'll put up that you've written on Iconic just to mm. make sure people get that they can go to Iconic and it's not just the videos, but it's also uh, written articles. And this is Christian mother is suing school who forced her four-year-old son to take part in a gay pride parade. Um, tell us more about this story. Yeah, so her name's uh, Izzy Montague and um, she's bringing a, a type of lawsuit against uh, a particular school where they sent a letter to the parents saying, um, we'd like to invite, of course, your son to attend a gay pride parade. Bearing in mind, this son is four years old. And I think the letter said, it's to celebrate the differences that make them and their family special. And being Christian, of course, she turned around and said, no, uh, respectfully, no. And of course, it being a four-year-old child, absolutely not, not appropriate. And the head teacher actually turned around and said, well, no, you, you don't have a choice. This, it's a mandate. And it was the use of the word mandate that really hit home. And so this, this, uh, this story uh, blew up a bit. And 
of course she's been she's been so obviously caught about this but she's she's been really suing um the school for for this for this practice and she's come under immense fire from lobby groups uh, and various others i think she's been on to debate uh, shows as well but um it says uh, it was it was later discovered by Mrs. Montague that the school was trying to indoctrinate it on us by passing it off as it was part of law or part of British values or it was part of the national curriculum. So they couldn't even make their mind up on which one. So they were trying to figure out which one that they could throw that would stick. And um, it said the, uh, the the head teacher responded to the letter by refusing the request, explaining that the four year old would be mandated to take part in the pride pride event. So that's what that's what got me as well is that they used as well the word mandate, yeah. which uh, we've been hearing quite a lot for the past couple of years now. Yeah. But um, that's the sort of way as if to say, yep, yeah, no, it's a mandate, so you have to abide by it. You know, you can't question it. You can't. Um, go against what we what we've set for your um, for your child. You you just have to respect it, and that's it. But in my opinion, I say good for her, good for her for actually fighting back. We need these sort of cases because it's just not on for four year old children. It's not appropriate. It really isn't appropriate. So hopefully, we'll see more cases where um, people are sort of fighting back in the courts um, against uh, this sort of stuff, whether it's adults doesn't matter in my opinion you know it's when it's when children are involved that makes it um makes it a massive problem um so yeah mandating a school child to uh, attend a parade like that is quite uh, it's quite extraordinary it is and i think one of the uh, massive issues that we are seeing more and more especially with church of england schools which have gone completely woke is the mm. um the targeting of parents and calling out parents whenever parents raise legitimate concerns and issues they're immediately branded homophobic mm. and there is a threat that social services will get involved if you continue this um, and i've heard that a, a number of places um and i guess it's schools are not there to push the agenda they're simply there to educate and they've massively overstepped that yeah absolutely and someone accused me classic of being homophobic just for uh just for posting the article of course um it's just even posting the article unreal um but i explained that nobody for a start phobic means fear no one's feared here okay for for a start and second of all it's a child it's a four-year-old child whatever an adult does you know, I believe in privacy in their own home. You you do whatever you want in, in in your own home, or if you if you want to have a parade, fine. That's absolutely fine. I've got no qualms with that. It's children. It's protecting the innocence of children. You know, you wouldn't take a, a four year old to a strip club, or you wouldn't take a four year old to a, a a drag bar. Well, I hope not. Um, and you wouldn't take you wouldn't even take a four year old to Hooters. Um, I even find that extremely bizarre. So. Yeah, um, so that that was my take on it, and I explained that, but unfortunately, this commenter uh, couldn't quite grasp that. <laughs> well, one I just want to mention one other thing I find interesting is this is uh, she talks about as a Christian that she has uh, an issue with that. It should also be common sense, but so yeah. she brings in her her faith to it. But I also like, I mean, I'm uh, go to a black majority church, and I am again and again surprised at the white middle class 
wokeness, liberal. Mm. And then you've got, uh, certainly in the church, I mean, a, a black majority church, and there's a, a confidence and there's a, a massive disconnect there between those white middle class that have seemingly succumbed to all of this nonsense, mm. uh, but those who are black actually are standing up for values. And it is, yeah. I find it fascinating to watch that clash happening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, we just need to see more of it. If I'm totally honest, we need to see more pushback because this is the only way. I mean, you know, you talk about the culture war that's been happening for decades and decades and, you know, the the right doesn't really doesn't win culture wars as such for for certain issues um because i think this the quote unquote left if you want to say left right paradigm or anything like that uh, are very organized in terms of picketing protests very organized in terms yeah. of unions uh very organized um in terms of various institutions that can have their voice elevated in that sense but the right um, doesn't have as much and doesn't have as much uh, organization, uh, uh, well, sorry, organizational skills yeah. in that sort of way. So it's good to see that um, the legal side is, is, is really pushing forward with that. So um, I'll say it again, hats off to her. Yeah, completely. Let's, before we actually, we're going to do one more story, iconic, <laughs> but let, I just want to uh, jump in and look at some of the, uh, comments. Let me put on Getter. So, Canadian Mom 1997, you were the first on. Hi, Peter. Blessed day to you, Canada here. Kay Duke from Northern California. Chris Davis from Accrington, uh, who uh, Jenny Wren from Australia. Uh, we've got Biotech Bib, Villain 82. Um, God, I, I could, I'll, I'll, I'll stop there because I will go down and I'll scroll <laughs> down and I will get lost and I will forget what story I'm on. But great <laughs> to have you with us. However you're watching, wherever you are in the world, thank you for tuning in and joining us today. Now, we'll have our final iconic story. Mm -hmm. um, this is about climate change. Climate change propaganda in British schools funded by elite billionaire foundations open this story up for us yeah so of course i write that uh, climate change is the center of conversation at the minute um it's usually either trans issues climate change um or various others but uh one of the main ones is of course all to do um with people who are being funded by who and so it, a report came out from the daily skeptic um to start with that a london-based foundation called climate science spearheaded um, this alarmist narrative, um, which is like an introductory. Um, and they say their goals are to, quote unquote, um, bring high quality climate education to every school, company and individual in the world. So very ambitious um, of them to really to really push that in. But when you find out that um, within this lobby group's partners, there, there are green sort of activist funders here who are, f for one of them being a guy called Eric Schmidt, who's um, a former Google boss, mm. um, and another one from the, uh, the Grantham Institute at Imperial, uh, who is partly funded by a green billionaire investor called Jeremy Grantham. And we talk about um, how, how funding, um, funding works in, in these sorts of areas. 
But another thing to, to sort of add that I, that I put in the article was about these, I quote unquote extreme, I, I call them extremists, these, uh, these climate extremists or eco extremists or however you want to call them from uh, Just Stop Oil, um, from, from Extinction Rebellion, all of these. And I, I quoted in the article that they're actually being bankrolled by big oil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and there's an irony there, <laughs> complete irony. Um, because we are seeing this new generation of misguided um, youths that are being indoctrinated by climate alarmism, that the whole world is just going to engulf in a great ball of fire or go underwater. I don't know which one it is. Uh, they're quite inconsistent with which one it's going to be. Um, but it's mostly talking about how this new, quote unquote, climate change um, uh, educational program or introductory video are really going to try and push for a global sort of foothold in this. And when you realize that it's actually yeah, funded by some pretty prominent people like a, like a former Google boss and, uh, and all, all these other investors, you kind of think, okay, well, we see where this is going, especially with the aspect of control, what you can and can't see on Google and various other mainstream platforms. So, yeah, it was, it was very, very interesting to see that because, of course, the far left as well, they they don't like billionaires, but they like it when they fund their thing. <laughs> so it's quite interesting to see all of that. <laughs> oh, c- completely. Um, they Well, they do like Bernie Sanders and all ah, uh, yes. all those other rich. So they're, they're a nice billionaire for the left. Yes, of course. Of Acceptable. Course. <laughs> Haven't made their money off the slave trader. Maybe they have. Who knows? Maybe they have. Maybe they have. <laughs> um, no, it's a huge issue. I, let me see. Um, so I just see that on on Facebook, Jan Michelle Lemoyne said, I need to do get her for next one. Well, I've I've called you out there. You go, you're watching Facebook. That's fine. But do uh, do come over. Nanny Annie on D Live. Thank you for joining us on D Live. Um, I will leave those comments alone now. I must. They distract, <laughs> very distracting. Now, this is a crazy story. Mm. And the headline just says it all, really. This is Doctor Suggests Cutting the Use of Anesthesia to Save the Planet. So <laughs> you can, as you scream and scream, that will, um, uh, th- well, th- that actually may put out a bit of extra hot air, maybe in screaming. <laughs> that could warm up. They probably haven't thought of that, probably messed up. But um, tell us, uh, again, a nonsense headline, it fits in with the climate change story previously. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's just absolute more madness. Uh, and I write that as well. Um, so painfully obvious. Um, so doctors from the Henry Ford Health System in Detroit, Michigan, um, are now cutting back the use of anesthesia. And it's inhalant uh, anesthesia is what they're saying. Um, where research, and I put quotes on that, um, suggests that anesthesia or inhaled anesthesia accounts for up to 0.1% of the world's carbon emissions. So that's why we need to cut back on it. So meaning during surgery, uh, if you wake up and you're traumatized by your, by your surgical uh, trauma, then, um, then no, don't worry. You're doing it to save the planet. (laughs) So it's unbelievable what what I saw and I just had to write about it. (laughs) You would hope that actually going through that pen would provide a better return 
than 0.1%. Yeah, <laughs> You should have absolutely. upped a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you'd expect, oh, okay, so you're expecting patients to wake up halfway through surgery. Brilliant. Is it about 40%, 60%? No, it's 0.1%. It's probably less than that. <laughs> it's possibly. Unbelievable. Crazy. Um, I wanted to actually throw in a, a story that uh, that I wasn't planning, but it's the lady who was uh, arrested for, um, I, I wrote about this in, in Gateway Pundit at the beginning of the week about mm. these stories. And it's a, it's a positive story that she's had her kiss dropped. And I think it's essential that we bring these up because often you don't necessarily hear, you hear when a, a story blows up, but you don't necessarily mm. hear the outcome. And this is prosecutors drop charges against women arrested for praying outside abortion clinic. And that's a, a picture of uh, Victoria. So the CPS have dropped charges against her for praying silently outside an abortion clinic. Uh, but they have left the door open to additional prosecution for the same offence in the future, which is really quite confusing. Um, and uh, I mean, to me, the abortion, the pro-life issue is a is a red line because I think everyone has value, irrelevant of how young they are, how old they are. Um, every single person has value. But I mean, what you obviously have seen when this happened, Lewis, yeah. and then later on, there was a, a veteran had got arrested again for praying quietly outside. Um, but it is it is positive news that this has been dropped. So I guess it is a, a little baby step in the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's great to see that it's been dropped. I actually didn't know that this this had happened. So thank you so much for for, for chucking this one in. Um, it's, it's sad. It almost feels like, though, after you explaining uh, in the article, it's almost like, a, yeah, just don't do it again. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, that's that's what's scary about it. This shouldn't have happened in the first place in terms of being arrested, the arrest. And I I just I just felt so bad for her. All she, I watched the clip of her standing outside. Um, yeah. You wouldn't even know it was an abortion clinic. You wouldn't even have known it, unless someone like specifically said. But she, it looked like she was just standing on on a side of a pavement, and it looks like that the police were just harassing her. And when he asked, are you praying? And then she said, um, well, I might be in my head. Yeah. That was enough for, for them to go right back of the meat wagon. Like, unbelievable. So I'm so glad. That's actually a, a fantastic story now that she's had that case dropped because it sets a very dangerous precedent. I mean, we talk about freedom of speech. You don't have to agree. You don't have to. You, this isn't about abortion at all like you don't have to yeah. pin it onto that and it is a polarizing um topic for for many many people it has nothing to do with that it's about a lady yeah. who it's about it's about the persecution of christians really is what the the underpin is because christians are the most persecuted or one of the most persecuted yeah. um faiths in the world globally i mean i even read a, a report um from um Oh gosh, I think it was the BBC, admittedly, <laughs> but it, the report was was done by the government, say that it was on that Christianity was on uh, genocidal levels, quote unquote. Um, and I remember reading that and thinking, gosh, that is 
that is that is staggering. So to see it in a um, well, it's not a majority Christian country anymore, is it? I think the 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 um, oh, what was what's it called? The the word's gone for me. Was the what? Four, four, it's under fifty percent or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're so now that we're seeing this massive shift, I think it sort of makes sense to why we're seeing more and more stories like these. Um, yeah, unbelievable. So, but I'm I'm so glad she got that dropped. That's that's great news. So I didn't know about that. So thank you, Peter, for that. Not at all. I look forward. I look forward to we're reading it in iconic tomorrow. I hope. Yes, so. when absolutely. you finish, you can be typing away. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, no, but it's uh, whenever I, uh, I think it was. I think it was on Monday, I messaged because I came across the, the man who had been arrested, the veteran. Mm. Um, and uh, I um, yeah, I dropped a couple of people messages in the, in the States. <laughs> mm. um, and Bannon came back and said, what? Uh, can yeah, you come on yeah. with three? We need to talk. And again, it's the whole concept of praying is illegal within these 150-meter yeah. zones. And, of course, the legislation just passed on Tuesday in the Lords um, to codify it in law. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's just this is all happening and no one's saying, whoa, 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 let's just have a conversation about where this is heading. Uh, and sadly, it's it's my local MP who's decided that she wants to make sure this is brought in. This is the most important thing for her, not knife crime or anything else, but no, let's make sure people can pray outside mm. an abortion clinic. It's just um, sad, man. It's just yeah, so sad. Really. But um, let's go on to, is it better news? Uh, well, that, that was good. You actually, we've given you good news. Sorry, it's all downhill from mm. here. <laughs> I've touched on some good news. <laughs> this is the, the Big Brother Watch Report. And... Big Brother, fantastic organization, and Sil Silky Carlo, um, who heads it up. And the headline here, Inside Whitehall's Ministry of Truth, how secretive anti-misinformation teams conducted mass political monitoring. And it is, I would, I would encourage, that this is just from the, the press release, but I encourage our viewers and listeners to go onto Big Brother Watch, the website around the social media, and go through this report. You can go through like the three-page executive summary. Uh, but it kind of exposes what I think, Lewis, we all suspected all along, uh, that the government had been spying on the citizens, just like in East Germany during communism. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah tell us about this. Again, uh, we're both very much in the media and you with iconic trying to get out stories, get out the truth. Mm. Um, and the government are trying to mess this all up. So tell us your thoughts on this. Well, this is, this is the new buzzword, isn't it? Misinformation. Um, we've been seeing this, this particular word come about for the last 10 years and really been uh, throwing it about on online circles. Um, because, and it's funny because these organizations didn't, start until the truth started coming out about big tech yeah. about big government about big oil about big whoever uh it's it, so you're really starting to see um a, a shift in, in my view a shift in public opinion a shift on how we retain or find our information or find um news and the government does not like that 
which I think is a very good thing because it shows that we do not depend on the government for, for stuff like information. It's mostly on common sense, for one. And of course, this is why you're seeing lots and lots of different alternative media outlets come on and start their own channels, uh, whether it be Hearts of Oak, whether it be Iconic, whether it be Rebel, whether it be so many yeah. starting up to... Uh, to to expose whether it be the truth on a subject or to to hold um people account because that's what you know journalism is that's that's what journalists do they're they're to hold um you know politicians they're to hold all people all sorts of people through government through everything um and just to to speak the truth to the best of your ability and then you see things like fact checkers come out on on social media so they would come out and then start to start to 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 find grains of truth so in my opinion you see these fact checkers come out they're the ones with the they're the conspiracy theorists in my my opinion taking a grain of truth and then spinning it in their own little web so yeah uh, props to to big brother for for putting that out but um I think it's it's been a, a scary sort of journey um, in regards to internet or information warfare. Yeah. So, yeah. It's um, I, again, it's when it goes through. Some of the people have been um, targeted. I, I mm. I'll not go through the names because some of them I hold in uh, highest regard. Some of them. I don't. I'm not surprised <laughs> the government were actually involved in them. But anyway, uh, but that also talks all about um, the 77th Brigade, which again is, yes. is a term that's come up and many of us have been called crazy, which uh, that's fine, bring it on. But uh, <laughs> and conspiracy theory, because you talk about the 77th Brigade and we're just mm. making stuff up. But it does seem as though there is this uh, part of the British Army that instead of worrying about threats from outside or actually spending their time targeting their own citizens, which is, I, I, that makes it, that's a complete change from the relationship yeah. we have as citizens with the government. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they, you talk about like a nanny state and, um, and how, you know, they want people to depend on them or on the government and on the institutions, but they're not making it palatable are they <laughs> when you find out that they're spying on their own citizens and that they're monitoring people and that they're calling people conspiracy theorists when in fact you know conspiracy theory now just happens to be fact in six months time and that's yeah. when that's when the uh the narrative shifts to something else oh look a, a balloon do you know what i mean so uh yeah so it's it's unreal and especially with um the 77th Brigade. I mean, we saw recently um, journalists such as Peter Hitchens was, of course, spied on yep. by the 77th Brigade. Um, I reached out to Peter to see if he wanted to talk about it. I didn't get a response, which is a shame um, because I would have liked to have, have seen what he, he thought about mm. all of that. But um, seeing, seeing, um, seeing all of this sort of come to light, A, it's comforting in a way, in a really weird way, because it shows that no, we're not crazy. Yeah. No, it's not a theory. No, this is actually happening because we've seen the evidence, we've provided the evidence and people have just dismissed it or fact checkers have jumped on. Fact check from Reuters. This isn't this is false, you know, or mostly false. 
and you're like, oh, this is this is relentless. But to see um, to see it actually the the lid being blown open for that is is great. I know that a an ex officer from the seventy seventh brigade. Uh, this is in regards to them spying on people like Peter Hitchens mm. and David Davis, the MP. Yep for criticizing lockdown or the government's um, way of handling COVID. Um, an ex-officer actually came out and, and said, I can't do this. I can't sit here and, and spy on my own citizens when I'm supposed to be serving them yeah. almost. So, we're, like, I mean, I might, be, uh, I might be pissing in the wind, so to speak, by saying this, but um, we, meet, we need more of that, really. We, yeah. we need more people to come out and say, I can't do this. I can't spy on my own citizens for this. It's just, it's unethical. Well, the amount of people we have in authority who are just following orders. Yes. And, uh, bring on Nuremberg 2.0. Bring it on. Bring it bring on. It on. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go to issue on race. And it is this. Um, ProJam, can you just double click? Does that actually, does the graphic come up if you double click on it? This is CNN opinion. The police who killed Tara Nichols were black, but um, yeah, um, but they might have been driven by racism. <laughs> it is the left's hang-up with yeah. racism, and they they find it everywhere. But um, tell because obviously we've seen the horrific uh, beating of Tara mm. Nichols, the killing by five police officers, um, yeah. and it's. Again, you can look at this in different ways, but for, tell us your thoughts on this story. So um, I done a monologue on this story um, and I go through, I go through the, the event and how brutal and horrific this is. And then I saw that Whoopi Goldberg came out and said, do we need to see white people be beaten in order for change to happen? Yes. And I was like, brilliant. Bit incendiary for a breakfast show, really. Um, is was my initial thought, um, but th then you see saw that, and then you saw um, Doctor Shola go on Sky News yeah. and explain that the root cause of this is white supremacy, when in fact, fifty two percent of the staff representation in um, this particular uh, police department in Memphis, I believe it's in. Correct me if I am wrong. Um, are black. And um, so you've got a majority black police force. Um, the 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 officers who beat this this guy uh, to death um, are all black as well. This was about vengeance, and the reason why I say this is that rumors online, and I need to get these properly confirmed, but rumors online that Tyree Nichols worked uh, at FedEx, and one of the officers' ex-wives, who is also the mother of his child worked at FedEx too. And apparently Tyree Nichols and the the officer's ex-wife um, had a bit of a fling going on and they ended up um, having intercourse. And Tyree Nichols actually sent a picture of that to this officer. So, because my, my thoughts was, how does a traffic stop yes. escalate so dramatically like that? Something's not right. And if if that is true, because I can't confirm whether that is true, these these are just rumors, and people like Tim Paula are questioning it, questioning it too, mm -hmm. and actually talking about that rumor. So if that is true, it 
brings context to why it escalated so dramatically. It had nothing to do with race, of course, because people just want to, some people just want to see race in absolutely anything. I mean, milk and the countryside is a form of white supremacy these days, which is, which I can't believe, well, I can believe that the BBC published an article like that. But it was about personal vengeance. It was about a vendetta against someone. And to say that this is white supremacy is is just a, it's just laughable, really. And as 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 horrible as that is, because of course the nature of this story, it's it's laughable that people would actually try and pin this on race, considering the circumstance. Um, police reform. I, I'm not one to to say anything about you know my American brothers and sisters and what goes on there in terms of reforming institutions there because, quite frankly, I don't know enough. I'm an Englishman. Yeah. I can yeah. talk about reform here in the police department of how the managers are very affirmative action. The managers are very, um, they're very embroiled in this critical race theory um, stuff. And, you know, we have, we have quotas to fill. There's problems there. And I'm sure that's the same over in the U S but it's not for my place to say about reforms in a place like uh, America or Canada or the West, uh, other than the UK, which I know. Um, so that's my opinion on it. So we don't, we know that there is some form of, uh, exchange or there's some form of knowings involving the police officer and this Tyree Nichols. We just need to confirm this rumor um, before saying, right, that's the solid story. Well, uh, I didn't know that whole background story, so thank you. I that it's always important to realize there is a, a wider story, and it's never as narrow as as the media make it to be. But I think if if the left threw racism on the table, uh, then I think everything should be thrown on the table. I mean, in many parts of the UK, you've got a higher homicide rate amongst those who are black, you go black and black crime. If all those are on the table, we can say, how do we fix this? Is this a problem mm. statistically? Then how can we fix this so it doesn't happen? It is not about apportioning blame. It's about fixing mm. an issue that blights society. And yeah. often uh, homicides or shooting, then it'll involve other things, pull other people in. If it's guns and if it's drugs, it has an effect on those outside, those people actually taking uh, the drugs. Um, Everything should be on the table. And the thing which really pisses me off with the left is everything is racism. Well, okay, put that on the table and let's put everything else on the table as well. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, the thing is, it trivializes it. That's, that's, yeah. that's the problem. When you, when you call everything white supremacy or you call everything racist or you call everything homophobic or you call everything transphobic or whatever, it trivializes actual cases of racism. Um, and that's, that's what pisses me off is because there are cases, of course, in this country, in America, in, in Canada, everywhere uh, of racism against everyone. But when you throw around these words so loosely like that, people turn off, people go, do you know what? It probably isn't. And then turns out maybe it is. That's the problem. So, cause I remember, I remember growing up the term when when someone used the term racist you would go really and there was a there was a gas there was a, there was a bit of um spite to it there was not spite sorry um what's the word i'm looking for there was there's a bit of um grit to it there's a bit yep. of um yep. 
there's a bit of like, oh gosh, like you know, someone's racist. That's unbelievable. Let's look like you know, that's it. And now it's it's trivialized so much that people now have to just question it, which under under utopian thought, which I don't like to do, you would assume that 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 would be the case when someone uses a word like that. But it's just not now. And that's what pisses me off is the trivialization, apologies, um, about all of this. So, yeah, that's what annoys me. Yeah, you keep crying wolf, and then when it does happen, when it actually is down to that issue, it's ignored and dismissed because Mm. you you call it out time and time again. Uh, No, you're completely right. Um, Let's... Let's fit. This is a story actually. It's probably nine days old, but I wanted to bring it up because this is also good news. This is Andrew Bridgen. This was back just at I think I think it was eight days ago. But Andrew Bridgen to sue Matt Hancock over criticism of COVID vaccine remarks. MP mm. who lost Tory Whip after appearing to compare vaccines to Holocaust. No, no we didn't. Um, and no. said this is the Guardian. So my sincere apologies to the viewers. Um, <laughs> says he is suing Hancock for defamation. I think it's a hundred thousand, which is only a third of what Hancock got in the jungle. But um, yeah. <laughs> We don't see these kind of cases suing others. It's it's an American thing. We don't see it. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually mm. quite pleased that Bridgen has not just talked the talk, but actually said, "No, I'm going to to go through this." But what are your thoughts on on the whole story? Oh gosh, uh, it's a it's it's something that, of course, Matt Hancock uh, completely lied about. Because he knows he knows there are crimes being committed when it comes to 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 the vaccine and everything around this. They, he knows that there is there there should be mass investigations around this, and I think the wars are closing in. So, in order to in order to pivot, in order to um, to to keep people's attention off of the actual crime that's being committed here is right we found an opportunity to try and and call bridgen anti-semitic uh, which is is a massive stretch from uh, considering what he said um, with with the tweet um i'm trying to remember offhand what what he exactly he said i think he said the uh uh i think he quoted an israeli doctor yeah um who said that the 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 car, the uh, cover-up of this, the cardiac arrests surrounding um, uh, the vaccine or the excess deaths, said something like, "This is the biggest crime against humanity since uh, the Holocaust," or or something around uh, yeah. that sort of um, quote. Um, for a start, didn't compare it at all to the Holocaust. He, he's acknowledging that the Holocaust was a crime against humanity and is a crime against humanity, um, and. To, to actually to actually go out and stand in the Houses of Parliament and try and say that it was anti-Semitic, anti-vax, anti-scientific, and a conspiracy theory is it just it just shows that Matt Hancock is actually scared. He's worried that the that the walls are closing in because people are starting to see it. People are starting to to really question. I think now more than ever. Mm. about uh, the vaccine, the efficacy of the vaccine, the effects of the vaccine and what it's done to um, 
thousands and thousands and thousands of people in in England alone. Um, So I'm so glad, like you said earlier, that Andrew has actually went through with it. He didn't cave. He didn't bottle it. The only criticism I would have to Andrew, and I actually, I tweeted him when when he came out with his, um, I think he came out with a type of apology. I said, Andrew, there is no need to apologize because you've done nothing wrong. You've done nothing wrong at all. You're doing more um, about highlighting an issue in Parliament than any other parliamentarian, really, um, to actually come out like that. I mean, I think there's a few MPs that are starting to to have a chat about it, but he's been the only one, really, that's gone, do you know what, this isn't about my career, it's about people's lives, and I think he specifically said that. So um, I say... I say good for him for for not caving, for not buckling, but he shouldn't have apologised in in my opinion. Because what does apologising do? It, it, you know, we've seen how people act with cancel culture and um, and people diving onto onto people when they believe that they've said something incorrect or for wrong think. Um, apologising doesn't 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 actually solve it at all. I think just keep doing what you're doing um, solves it. Yeah. Um, actually, there I was just quickly looking at. I find it, um, but uh, quickly looking at seven articles, and all of them were talking about it, but none of them had the guts to actually put it up because you know often you see the image of of the tweet in the middle. Um, so eventually, it's as one consultant cardiologist said to me, "This is the biggest crime against humanity since the Holocaust." But it it's interesting because I think it's always important to let the reader see the evidence. Um, yes. And again, it concerns me whenever you've got a media that will talk about an issue but not present what they're discussing yes. and let the reader decide for themselves. And I know yeah. that's something we're very, sometimes I often, I'll see a, a quote or a picture and I'll have a little look and I'll try and find out. Often it's correct, sometimes it's not. And the danger of just putting something out automatically. Um, and I know, certainly I know you at Iconic will also um, make sure that the information you put out is factually correct. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's so important because you don't want to deceive your readers at all. And a part of um, Iconic as well is we let the viewer make their own mind up. We don't we don't care if you disagree. That's not it's not what it's about. It's about finding the truth um, in a world now where they call you um, <laughs> where they call you a conspiracy theorist or you're spreading misinformation. So what sort of, it's, it's amazing what sort of a world we're living in now uh, in terms of that. But um, yeah, absolutely, you, you're completely correct. And yeah, it's all about letting the reader or the consumer make their own mind up. Otherwise, you're just telling them what to think. And that's not how it works. That's not how it should work, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, unbelievable. Let me just, um, Lewis, thank you for joining us today. Great to have you no on uh, for you. the first time. So thank you so much for coming along and sharing those stories and also giving us a little bit of iconic flavor to the evening. <laughs> thank you. No, it's been an absolute pleasure, Peter. And anytime you want me back on, just give me a shout. I'd be more than happy to do this again. I will definitely come back to you, definitely. Let me just <laughs> leave our viewers with some things to smile about, as I know sometimes uh, we can leave you with lots of 
depressing things. So this, <laughs> let, let, let me pull up. This was the first, obviously this is the first story that we started with. And I think uh, Lewis did give this sentiment. And that's, they're talking about it was release the balloon well actually it is now release the balloons because as you said (laughs) it's now over south america so the balloons have been released um (laughs) let's ignore what else is happening uh there was also this story this will also bring good news to many of our viewers So there you go. All our Hearts of Oak viewers and <laughs> iconic viewers are the most beautiful people you can come across. I don't know about myself or Lewis, but anyway, well, for all you viewers and listeners, absolutely beautiful. And I think we'll finish off on a little video clip. And when I think what I've learned sometimes is that when, when you begin to go down an area and realize it's just not working. You've gone down a completely wrong avenue, then back up and yeah. admit that you made a mistake. And it is Absolutely. wonderful to see um, some of our politicians who actually should know better, not realizing that. I'm just talking because I clicked on it and didn't bring up the share audio. So let me just <laughs> play this uh, and you can have a chuckle. Uh, let me bring it up. On a full screen. Are all trans women women? You haven't answered that question. Well, the question is, are all trans women women? You haven't answered that question. Well, that's not the point that we're dealing with (laughs) here. The question I'm asking. Trans women are are women, but in the prison context, there is no automatic right for a trans woman. So there are contexts where a trans woman is not a woman. No, there is. (laughs) There is (laughs) circumstances in which a trans woman. Uh, will be housed in the male prison estate. Is there any the context in which crime? a woman born as a woman will be housed in the male estate? Look, we're talking here about trans women. And I'm now asking about women born as women. Uh, I don't think there are circumstances there. Uh, but <laughs> so it's different for trans women? Well, yes. And I, I'm not. So they're not equal? That is not. The, there is a risk assessment process done for trans women that takes account of the nature of the crime. It clearly it, significant concern arises out of sexual crime and whether it's appropriate for them to be in a female prison or a male prison. Oh, yeah. I'm glad they make their own made... obstacle courses, mate. They make their own obstacle courses. They do. Who knows what risk assessment, Sturgeon? Yeah. I think one what risk assessment is her. Well, shut that so i think one risk assessment is her actually opening up her mouth uh, that is a, that is a dangerous i think the snp need to assess that risk which is a very big risk a massive risk not her nonsense um all that uh, always good down with a smile uh lewis thank you and people can obviously follow you on getter and on twitter there's your handle and obviously go on iconic if you haven't come across iconic before uh, we have had gareth on the show before i've been um on with him twice do make sure have a look at the website have a look at the social media links get an idea of what gareth and the whole team there are doing and jump in and enjoy it so i think on that i wish our viewers a wonderful rest of your saturday evening uh for those of you listening uh, a few hours later. Thank you for downloading, listening on the go, and I hope you enjoy it as much as we have. So on that, I wish you a, a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you Brilliant. and good evening. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list 
Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.